for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. My man, I was just saying, holy shit, has it been a fucking minute and a lot has changed, dude. Um, talk about a transformation for you, homie. It has been a while since last time we did this. It was like yeah. 2018 or something, right? I think so, yeah. It was right after I did that one meet. I did 22.10. I think I was like 20 at 275. I weighed 260. Yeah. And you were asking me a bunch of questions about my future and stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, the future is now, old man, is what you say, right? Friggin' um, it's yeah, it's crazy. I remember at the time you were you were being mentored by uh Eric Lillybridge, and um, you know, he was like a massive influence with you at the time, and at the time as well, he was the 308, you know, record holder. And um, I remember you talking about like how much it meant to like train with him and have him in as a mentor to look up to. And then it, I don't know if it's before or after now, get my timeline mixed up. You made a post talking about him on your Insta, just saying, no, it, it was after you had just broken his record, but look at us four years later and mm-hmm. you have now surpassed, you know, this guy that you looked up to this guy that like, when you were that young baby face dude, um and he was like a mentor for you like did you did you realize like did this come quicker than you expected or um it it honestly definitely did especially since last year um i believe last year i became i came only 20 pounds away from his record yeah i think i did 24 38 you know and the record his record at the time was 24 58 so I wasn't expecting that for sure. And actually before that, it was crazy because I didn't realize how big I, I could get if I really tried, you know. Um, but I weighed like 230, 230 pounds, probably about like 16 weeks out from that meet. And one of my friends who was at the gym and I was like barely in the gym. I really didn't care much about powerlifting at that time. And, you know, somebody told me like, uh, you know, basically kind of called me out on it. And uh, I hadn't competed in years at that point. I was dealing with this constant, like, nagging pain just everywhere. I just didn't want to spend the time on doing what I had to, but I finally figured everything out, just different mobility drills I have to do to keep myself healthy. Um, but, yeah, I weighed, like, 230, probably about 15, 16 weeks out from that meet. I went from 230 to, to like 290. Holy shit. And like with 12 weeks of training, I was able to do 2438, which was like a 230 pound total PR, you know. Freaking, yeah. you know, you know, you saying that, like, because you were gone for a little while there. Like, I remember just for anyone listening, a quick introduction, you had just, you got the all time record at 308. Um, fourth all time, regardless of weight class, and sixth all time on dots, like a, a crazy performance you just had at the American Pro. But there was um in between that, that uh, you know, our mm-hmm. podcast in 2018, when I was like, Holy shit, dude, your future. Um, you know, who knows what can happen? And in your comeback uh, in the summer of last mm-hmm. year, yeah, there was a, a good chunk of years. Um, you know, now you pop back into a huge, how you like me now, let me, allow me to reintroduce myself moment. But, um, what, what happened yeah. during that? Like some injuries yeah. popped up or, and did you think at some point, fuck, I might never come back? Absolutely, man. Uh, honestly, there were several times where I was like, man, I just don't want to power lift anymore. I, I kind of burned myself out there for a minute. I, cause I mean, I was training my ass off for years at that point i mean i I started when i was like i started like like seriously bodybuilding and stuff and working out like really hard when i was like 17 but i didn't get to into powerlifting since i was 18 but those two years i mean i I went from 
you know, I did 17.35, and then I added, you know, then I did 22.10 at 20 years old. So that's like 300, 500 pound gain to my total in just two years. I was just, I mean, that was a lot of work, and yeah. I just kind of, I got tired of it, and kind of dealt with, you know, some depression as well, and just not happy with where I was in my life, and you know, wasn't super happy with my job. And it was a manual labor job, so it was like didn't really have as much energy as I'd like to to devote to you know powerlifting. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I just finally decided to you know get back in it. Um, yeah. Something like it was like a switch, you know, that went off in my head. And honestly, man, after last year, I did twenty four thirty eight, and then I had the same little depressive spell where like. I had a nagging injury and I just couldn't train the way I wanted. And so I just stopped eating. I stopped training for like a good, like four or five months, six months. I finally pulled my act together before the American pro. Uh, I had this really bad nagging hip pain uh, that the doctors tell me that I need to like get it cut out. It's like an abnormal bone radiograph. Mm. Uh, but I finally figured out, you know, how to work around that with like glute activation drills, you know, uh, and different things to like align my hips better before I actually get under the bar. And it's helped a lot. Um, and so like, for instance, like 12 weeks out when I was doing my squat sessions, like I would, I would have to take an anti-inflammatory. I just couldn't make it through the workouts to get so inflamed that I could hardly walk. But by the end of it, I mean, the day after my meet, no pain in my hip from from just figuring it out. So I'm glad I didn't, you know, and, you know, was able to figure it out. I'm not super happy with my performance at the American Pro. Um, I usually am pretty close to what I hit, you know, in training, like my training total versus my meet total. But this time it was like like a good 50 to 60 pound difference. Mm. So I would have at least liked to go 2,500. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still an all time world record. And that's something I've been working for, for so long now. So I, I can't be too upset. Well, look, I but, mean, the, the last yeah. time we talked, um, in terms of like, a return onto the podcast. It's weird. If anyone ever goes back to that, I should pull it back and recast it. But um, you were like, it's crazy that it's Eric Lilly Bridges record. And here you are coming back and you're 24 years mm -hmm. old. Man. Like you're, you're still super young. Um, so, I mean, who, you know, I said last time, who knows what you could end up doing. Who still knows what you could end up doing, you know, that you just got to stay healthy is the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, it, it's tough to hear like, like, you know, tough times come through with, with everybody in that at some point, you know, you weren't sure if you're going to come back dealing with like, even, even though when you weren't training and the body weight was down, was the pain still consistent? Um, even then? Oh, uh, like my, like my nagging pain and stuff. Yeah. Like the body pains anyways, was that still consistent even though with the body weight off and honestly, um, I would take, so that, so my approach was just to take some like time off and I would heal and I'd feel a lot better. And then I'd get back under the bar and I think I would just push it too fast, too soon. And it was just, it was just this constant cycle. I would take too much time off when really you need, you still need to be pushing your diet. You still need to be training around it. You know, like there's no reason if I'm trying to achieve my goals faster, you know, there's no reason I shouldn't be in the gym, uh, you know, just doing what I can still eating, still sleeping correctly. But, you know, for some reason, those years, I just, I was so burnt out, man. Uh, I just stopped like all that. I just started living like a normal person. And I just didn't post on Instagram where I, I would just delete Instagram. Cause like I struggled with like, who am I? You know, I've worked so hard for this one thing and I'm just throwing it away. And, you know, I really struggled with that. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad I ended up pulling it together, but no, I, you know, I'd feel a lot better after taking like a month off of the, you know, the aches and pains would go away and they just come right back. And the reason is, you know, I just wasn't my, I wasn't priming my body correctly before 
for lifting. You know, I'm always learning new stuff. And uh, I had to clean up some form issues and technique and definitely hammer mobility for sure. Well, it's uh, like people see see people on Instagram or whatnot, and you almost forget that these people are human, right? Like someone sees you and you forget like, Andrew's still a human man. Like you go through things like, like, like in terms of, um, you know, you said you were, you were in a dark place for a while. Like look in life, man, I can tell you right now, I'm a lot older than you, but, um, shit comes, you know, like, like life can throw you some shit. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Some people don't talk about it. Uh, but for you to be honest and be like, look at, I went through some tough patches, like mentally and physically, but like also mentally where it's kind of like, I don't know why I didn't have the motivation. I stopped doing this, stopped doing that, but things come man. like, you know, it's uh, it's not easy. And you could delete Instagram, pull away and go through some soul searching moments. And um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we don't all share it all on Instagram, right? People see a big guy like you, a big, strong guy like you and just think, fuck, this guy's a monster. But it's like, yeah, but he's a guy. He's still a person, you know what I mean? He still deals with shit. Um, and that's, you, you can't get away from that. There's no getting away from that, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you're back. Uh, and, and you come back in a major way. Um, what was yeah. it? So what was it that your friends, like when they approached you, were they just like, uh, listen, man, you are, you got some unfinished business. You know, who was it too? Was it someone we would know or. Um, just one of the guys at the gym, I guess. I mean, and it wasn't just that. I mean, in the back of my head, like I always, like I wasn't satisfied with twenty two ten at all. Like that's not that. I mean, that's a big total, but like I wanted to be, you know, top, top. And now he, well, he he pretty much just said like that. He he was just telling me that he worked harder than me and and all this, and uh, I just kind of got under my skin and. Um, but that definitely wasn't the main reason, you know, I, I've always had that little voice in the back of my head being like, you know, telling me that, you know, I can, I can do it, you know, uh, just got to believe in yourself and push through it and, uh, find ways, you know, it's, it's not easy, but it's, if you believe in yourself, you know, you can do it. That's, Some, that's how it's sometimes it's just a friend that said something that stoked the flame, but the flame wasn't out. Like the, yeah. those, those coals are still pretty fucking high. You know, <laughs> they just needed a little bit of a stoke in there. And it's like, all right, here we go. This guy says he got works me. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I, I, I also got into like some stuff from and like that just killed my ego. Like I just, I just seen life from a totally different point of view. I'm like, why am I lifting all these, this heavy weight and trying to be so big? And, you know, it just, uh, totally killed my ego and uh i'm glad i'm away from that now man i i feel like i i need this to you know survive for my mental state i just it's who i am you know uh it's not necessarily like being big and strong and, and lifting weights and stuff and like but it's just like more like chasing a goal or a dream that you just work so hard for you know and just i don't know you you only live once on this life on this planet and it's just like why not just chase something that you want to do what, what you know? um 100 i, I want to dive into that in one sec but um what was the story that killed your ego you, you cut out for a second there uh so i got into psychedelics oh like you know what okay all right i want to get on both those because those are very interesting topics we'll get into the chasing goals for in one sec but in terms of the psychedelics um, cause I listen to Joe Rogan. Okay. I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan he, or in Mike Tyson talks about it all the time as well. Uh, they both talk about psychedelics and Mike Tyson talks about the toad and, um, they talk exactly like you said, kills the ego and completely changes the way some people are like, I don't feel death anymore. I'm no longer, it changes the way you look at things. They talk about it. like, it's like a, a crazy experience. Um, yes. So is this what you experienced? I'm too, I'm too afraid to do it, man, but I've heard stories. Um, I just, you know, it just puts a lot of thoughts in your head really is. And, uh, for me personally, those aren't healthy thoughts because they want to, you know, kind of tone down my, my, uh, my drive, you know? And I mean, you can't really eat and while you're on psychedelics, uh, and it just, 
it just kills your drive. Uh, I mean, it, it's probably good for a lot of people. It's used for depression and stuff and like even microdosing it. But, you know, it just just isn't for me. I feel like I, I have to, you know, have a clear head and not do all that. I, uh, yeah, I, I like looking, I don't want to do it. I, I've done I've done mushrooms when I was younger. And I ain't fucking like it at all, dude. I was like, and I know this, this new stuff, they have some psychedelics where it only lasts like 10 minutes, but it's a trip where you literally need somebody in the room with you. And, and they use it like for people with PTSD soldiers with PTSD. And like, cause you can, you're forced to confront things, but yeah. then, um, and Mike Tyson talks about it, killing his ego and yeah. his ego was like, like too monstrous, monstrous. Like it was, uh, when he was adopted by Customato, Customato would go into his bedroom when he was sleeping. You know, when you're sleeping, you could hear things, but you're mm-hmm. out. And one night he was still awake and he heard Cuss telling him, you're a monster. You are Alexander the Great. You are Jack Dempsey. You are just mm-hmm. but whispering it like a, like a meditative going into his subconscious. And then, and he's a child. You know, this is, this is his adoptive father turning him into a monster, building his ego. And, and like right. his adoptive father was a boxing coach. This is all he was there for. And um, Mike Tyson said, by the time he, he, when he's in the locker room, he was so nervous, he would cry and have anxiety attacks. But then yeah. he said, by the time he's every step he made towards the ring, he oh, got more yeah. and more confident. Yeah. And then he that. said, yeah. And then he said, uh, by the time I ducked under those ropes, I was a God. God. And it was like, holy shit. That's where, but he also said, my ego, I legitimately had a self-entitlement. And when I was out of the ring, like, he's like, I was too fucked up. Like, I was, he was a multimillionaire, fam- most famous person in the world by 20. And um, so he would later on in life to be normal now, transitioning to a normal life. He did uh, the psychedelics and he's like, yeah, it kills the ego. It's weird the way people talk about it. But like you, I'm like, fuck, I, sometimes... You need some drive too. You need some, I don't know. There's a balance, right? You got to have that mindset. If you want to be the best at anything, you know, you got to believe in yourself. You got to talk yourself up, you know, like even if it's not who you really are. So um, I had, you know, just, you got to be crazy in the head. You got to do shit that nobody else is willing to do. Cause I mean, it's it sucks. It's hard, but like, uh, you just got to do it if you want to be the best. And the thing too with like weightlifting, it's so monotonous. Like you, you need you ha- your why better be strong because you're just doing the same shit every day over and over. You know, yeah. it's it's not easy. Sometimes alone, you know, mm-hmm. some depending on shifts and stuff like that. Like, um, it's in, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say it's all been it's it's so mental. It's like. I would say it's like, like 70% mental. And then the rest is like, of course, like doing it, like the diet. I mean, it's just constant. You got me. I'm constantly eating. Um, I'm, I'm already back up to like 300 now. I was, I was only 288 at the meet. Uh, my diet just went terrible towards the end there. Uh, I got, got sick and, but no, I'm in my next meet. I'm, I'm going to go on in at 308, mm. like right on the dot. So, and we'll see what happens. How much do you eat? Do you track or you just like eat as much as you can and and let the scale tell you? I try to get about like a thousand carbs a day and like, holy fuck, like uh, at least 300 grams of protein. And my fat intake, I don't really track quite as much, but I would say probably around 15 to 20%, maybe. Yeah. So, do you know how many calories that is or no? About like six to seven thousand. Okay, that's 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 a lot. That's a fucking yeah. Maybe like five and a half to seven thousand, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. Do do you find like because I've talked to like strongman on the show, and they'll talk about like at certain times if you want to be this big. So people think, oh, it's cool. You get to eat whatever you want. I don't know if you're this far yet, but they're they talk about like at a certain point when you're eating to get big, it's past that. And you got to be like, it's time to eat because I have to eat. And you you have right. to force the food. Are you at that point yet? Or are you still like, no, not quite yet? Um, well, I've kind of like figured out some things with my diet and, you know, what I'm putting into my body to help me eat more at this point. But 
I definitely, and at least the past week, I haven't really, it hasn't been too much of a struggle to get my meals down, which has been great. But I mean, there have been so many times in the past where it's like two in the morning, I have to eat and I'm just like, oh, I'm not hungry at all. And uh, I had to, for a lot of my meat prep, I was falling asleep. I would like falling asleep in a lawn chair instead mm-hmm. of on my bed because to let like the food digest gravity uh, to kind of have myself propped up more. Mm-hmm. And then I would fall asleep in there for like three hours and then I would get up and, and just fall asleep in the bed once it, it digested. Cause if I lay flat, then it's just, it's not going to go. It's just going to be stagnant all night and I'm going to wake up not hungry at all. It's crazy. People don't know. People have no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most days eating, 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 eating. And uh, it's it's almost like I start training. I warm up and it's like, oh, fuck. Like it's almost time to eat again. And, (laughs) you know, it makes training a lot longer to eat, eat. And uh, yeah. How how long are your training days? And how how often do you train? So, um, I train about four to five days a week. Deadlift would be the longest day. Uh, I squat and deadlift on the same day. Light, uh, heavy squats and light deadlifts alternating light and heavy every other week. Um, and during prep, I mean, when I got to work up to heavy weight, I'm in the gym for like six to seven, sometimes eight hours. So Holy especially when I start getting heavy. Because the amount of time it takes to work up to all that, and then I have to eat, and then I do all the accessories after, and then I have to go back and forth doing squats, deadlifts, working back up to both, and then back all the back down sets, and then, you know, definitely. Yeah, it's a long time, and, and bench, usually like four hours on bench. And uh, I believe I, I did deadlift and squat the other day, and it, it took me about – to finish like all the accessories and everything, get everything done. It was about six, seven hours too. So, and that this is off season now, but I'm like really pushing it now. Um, I'm, I'm making sure that, you know, coming off of me, I'm not going heavy and I'm not doing anything too ridiculous. I got to keep that in check because it is pretty easy to get injured, get carried away, especially right after a meet. So hmm. um, it's making sure to stay smart with my training and, I'm a, I'm I'm hungrier than I've ever been now, and I'm coming for Larry's 308 sleeve record in uh, February. Nice, listen, that's fucking awesome. Um, well, first off, look, I don't think people realize the commitment. Like when you talk about how difficult it is, there's probably people out there like, yeah, we, um, like most people who listen to this podcast are probably powerlifters or who have powerlifted or whatever. They don't know that you are waking up at two o'clock in the morning to get more calories in. Um, they don't know like six to eight hour sessions and like the, you know, force feeding to keep getting bigger because that's the goal is the big and strong. Like they, they don't know, man, this is, it's, it's, I, I didn't realize like this, this is some crazy for me, dude. I try to, I try to take it. Cause at this point I've been watching a lot of like bodybuilding motivation videos and like the, the, those guys have the craziest mindsets to just you know, continue eating like Jay Cutler would eat like every two hours on the dot, even in the middle of the night, he'd get up, eat every two hours. Like you just have to nap throughout the day. And I just think that's crazy. And I wanted to take powerlifting to that level. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, you don't get quite as, you don't get quite the money you get in bodybuilding as powerlifting, right. but you know, I, I don't want to bodybuild and uh, I'm just super passionate about, what I do. And uh, I want to take it to that level, you know, and I don't think a lot of people are willing to maybe because of the money you made. Um, you really have to play your card, right? Cards, right. To make money in powerlifting. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I just don't, I think most of these guys are just treating it as a hobby, but like, for me, it's like, it's like a full-time like life goal, you know, like, I'm, I'm putting my life and my health and everything on the line for this. So. And um, like, I get it too. When you said, you know, when that, when, when the psychedelics were killing the ego, but you were like, 
you know what? I think I need my goals though. I need an identity. I need something to chase, like just a reason to get up, a mission to be moving towards some kind of like, there's nothing like the feeling of improvement. Like I got a little bit better today. And at the end of the day, like, fuck yeah, I put something in, I put in work, you know, I feel it. I, I did, you know, there's something about that. And if you don't have that, that's where depression could creep in. If you're just like, yeah. you wake up and you don't have something. You're like, what am I doing yeah. with my day? Exactly. I was just thinking about this last night. I was like, you know, I feel like the majority of cases of de- depression, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, there, there can be chemical, you know, you can be like medically diagnosed as depressed, chemical mm-hmm. imbalances in your brain. But like, I think the main reason people get depressed is because they just don't have a vision or a goal, you know? And like, that's, that, that's what, for me, for instance, I mean, uh, I was depressed for no reason. I feel like for years and I just, I couldn't dig myself out of the hole that I was in. And, uh, you know, so it just kills your drive. It kills your motivation, but you need to, you know, dig deep and, and pull yourself out. And it's, it's so hard to, to crawl out of that hole, but it's so worth it. You know, uh, it's, it's so hard because, um, you know, when you're in that state of mind for so long, you're not, you're not working towards anything. You're just stagnant and it's, it's hard to change your, turn your life around and, and start making a change. But cause it's, it's something you haven't, you're not used to, you know, you got to push outside your comfort zone for sure. If you want to, you know, uh, there's a, there's a poster in my gym. Somebody put up, uh, in the bathroom, this guy, it's a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, it's, and with his hands like or his arms outstretched wide, it says yeah. conquer on it. And every time I go in the bathroom, I see that. And uh, I just remember him saying, you know, like the meaning of life uh, is to conquer or something like that. Somewhere along those lines. Right. Um, to move, you know, to, to improve. So that's what I, I want to live by. Yeah. It's, sure. um, you know, when, when you're in a bad cycle, and it just, it's, and it's negative and you feel depressed. It is like, it's harder than people. The hardest part is getting back going to get that get fucking it. engine going is the hardest. Right. And, um, I know it's you momentum. mean where you, it's the momentum. There it is. That's a good word for it is like getting momentum, getting back. Once the momentum's going, okay, you're rocking and rolling and people don't necessarily like positive and negative, both have momentum. So if there's a lot of in three years of negative momentum, it's tough to all of a sudden halt. And then, um, yep. you know, that's where you're saying we're in between now, you would like to keep that momentum going, maybe not the intensity of it, but mm-hmm. don't totally stop because it gets more difficult. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to your point, yes, yeah, some people have like chemical imbalances where, um, you know, it can be hormonal in terms of like, there's nothing you could do about it. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, even them, even them, even when you them. go to see a doctor, the doctors say, exercise, get mm. yourself some activities, fight it. Like, like it, it, unfortunately, if it's chemical, it'll be the fight you probably have to do for the rest of your life, but it is your life and there's nothing you could do about it. So here's what you have to do. And, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but exercise and have goals and fucking, and see a future is in March. So the goals definitely helps as opposed to don't start shutting down. That's the worst one, you know? One thing that helped me too was to supplement with 5-HTP. Um, it like does something to your dopamine receptors. And uh, I think it just increases dopamine, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, it's just a natural supplement. Uh, nothing like oh, you have to get prescription, you know. So I make sure, sh- and I, I feel a lot better on that for sure. Like my mood and everything. And that, that definitely will help. So anybody watching this. 5-HTP, you know, you can get it at Vitamin Shop or GNC or whatever. Mm. Definitely start supplementing with that. Dude, whenever I have people on and they talk openly, like I've had I've had people share a bunch of stories, fucking always people hit me up in the DMs to be like, that's what I needed. I get tagged and shit and I send people the, the DMs if, if the that's person DM me lets it. And like, that's what I need to hear, man, because people don't know. But, um, but yeah, so you're back on track leading into this. The plan was the Eric Lilly bridge um, world record. And it's, it's like poetic that it's Eric's did. Have you kept in contact with them? What's the relationship with Eric? Did he know you're going to be competing with this? Uh, we talk occasionally. 
maybe not to the same extent as we used to. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he's always been pretty positive towards me and told me that, you know, if I put my mind to it, I could do it. Um, at what point he realized it, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe about like last year when I, when I all of a sudden did like 24, 38 and that's, that was pretty close, but honestly, Eric could have done 2,500 as well. Uh, he barely missed 2,500. So the fact that I only took, you know, six pounds, chipped it by six pounds, is just, it's not satisfying for me exactly. Uh, but yeah. You, you had said that too, which I thought was admirable that you said, look at like, cause I remember this, I remember in the last podcast, you talking about um, chasing these records and some goals and like, you know, in Eric's influence and then taking this record um, afterwards, you saying like, look at, I, he could have done more though. Like I haven't, you know, don't put my name up there yet surpassing Eric yet because he could have done more and I'm not satisfied. I was like, Oh shit. You know, you still giving him props and you're like, the work isn't over yet. I mean, yeah. If you think about it, like if, if I was in his place and I did 24, 63, which I did, you know, and then, you know, say I did that in like 2015, you know, and when he ever, Whenever he did 24.58 in 2016, he could have just, you know, chipped it by a little bit more, you know, so and it could have gone back and forth. And that's what I kind of want to happen. You know, I don't think he's really wants to do that anymore. Um, but, you know, so. It was a long standing record, wasn't it? For, by powerlifting standards, yeah. fucking that's forever. Yeah. For, it's been six years. And I mean, before that, it was just him. Over yeah, and over. like, like that—that's that, it. Like, if you th- by powerlifting standards, that's forever, man. Yeah, Be- you know, so, uh, records yeah. break all the time. For it, for it to have been Eric Lillybridge for all of this time is crazy. He was yeah. so far ahead of the game. He was, and uh, the only person that really came close was was Zahir. Zahir did twenty four fifty two at two seventy five. And when I, I believe when I talked on the podcast with you a while ago, that's that was the record I was like really shooting for. Mm. But I didn't I didn't want and I could have actually cut to 275. I weighed 288. Oh, no, no. Yeah, 288. Shit, I can't remember what I weighed. You you were uh, uh, American pro. I think definitely. you were like 288. Yeah. 288. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's only like a you know, but water cut cutting really isn't my thing. Um, I don't know why it's even a thing to begin with. To be honest, I know it's part of the game for a lot of these sports. But it's like you're not really that weight. Like why can't you just weigh in as you are? And that's how I've always done. It. I usually weigh in the day of, uh, but you know I understand. I mean, because some people just go in, man. They cut all this water like twenty, thirty pounds, and it's like. They just put an IV back and, and get the fluid back. And I mean, it, it's so unhealthy too. It's like, you're already killing yourself to get there and, and you just ruining your health even more. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I kind of wish there was, there was just two hour wins like USAPL. I'd, yeah, I'd really yeah. like that. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to do it if I want to, you know, just, have like a really good dots formula or say if i want to take zahir's record i could wait because i know that's what zahir probably did you know he probably weighed around 290 and cut mm-hmm. to 275 i would imagine um so i don't know but i'm more interested right now in and and just 308 totals for sure yeah the thing with the water cut is it becomes like a part of the, a factor in the sport where it's like who, who can manage their water cut better is a massive yeah. variable as well. If it's 24 hours, like yeah. with the two hour IPF USCPL one, you can cut a little bit, but you're not cutting like you're, you're pretty close. You know what I mean? Like you're pretty close. Right. Whereas if you got 24 hours, that shit can be crazy. Right. That's like, yeah, if you want to risk cutting in those two hours, uh, that's on you. But like in 24 yeah, yeah. hours, you have a lot of size and, and fluid back on. Yeah. I've heard of, I've, so, I've, I've legit heard of federations. I shit you not 48 hours out. It's like, well, what the fuck are we talking uh, that, about here? That's crazy. right? It was, yeah. It, it's almost <laughs> too, it's almost too enticing though, for people to cut way too much. If it's that far out, 
people will get too crazy about it. They're going to, they're going to freaking cut. Like, you know, it's too, that's where two hours, no one's going to get too crazy. You can't, you can't, you don't have time. How, how was the, uh, the American? Oh, sorry. You're cutting, you cut out for a second there. I think I cut you off for a second. Oh no, I wasn't. I was, okay. I, I don't even know what I said to be honest. Okay, <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. Um, so how was the American pro? Because uh, John Hack and Annie Wang were on, and they said it was the wildest. It was like a fucking MMA event. Yeah, well, that was my first big meet, so uh, I can't really compare it to like any other. Like I've never been to the Kern. I've been invited to the Kern. I just never made it out there. Uh, I didn't really want to show up on a big stage until like and and do all that traveling and all that and until like I could actually like feel like I could have a shot at winning type of thing. So mm. um yeah, I that was my first big meet, but I mean I can definitely say just from like seeing footage from the other meets, it was definitely way more professionally run. Uh he obviously put, you know, a lot of money into the production and uh the venue was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, super loud music. They had subwoofers. I thought that was bad. Um, uh, the red carpet was pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked the big screen in the background with everybody's names and music and the DJ. And uh, I, it was a good time, man. Uh, I think I was I was pretty nervous before squats. Like I felt like a a fucking like Bambi or something. My, my legs just felt like I could hardly like walk. I think I was just like, my legs were shaky, but once I got out there, it was, it was all right. <laughs> but I mean, that's cause it's my first big meet. So, and then added on, it's the American pro, you know, all this theatrics and, yeah. and like, like when I first went out there, I was like, Oh fuck, how many people are watching? <laughs> how many people are watching right now? I better not. So yeah, so. it was, dude, it was, it was the wildest Indian genre. Like I felt like, they were like, I felt like I was at a fucking MMA event or something. It was so, Andy said that too. He's like, I, and Andy's done tons of these. He's like, I was nervous, man. John said it too. He's like, and John Hack's done so many events. He's like, I was a little nervous, man. It was wild because it was, the announcer was hype. The venue with the lights oh. and everything. It was, uh, yeah. dude, for, for the one you came back to, holy smokes, man. <laughs> yeah, I really like the announcer. Uh, who's Sam? Who's, I believe that's how you Sam? say his name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he was all he. He reminds me of Zaire. That's why I really like this guy. Is he, Zaire's hype as shit too? Huh? I remember. I did. I never met. I never met Zaire, but uh, like, fuck, he was a wild man as well. They're both high energy as shit. Yeah, but no, he. I definitely liked the announcement for sure. Uh, he was hyping everybody up. You know, like it sounded. It just sounded good. Like there's certain announcers that are just like, oh, man, you're kind of ruining this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> You know, like when I listen to like, like certain like announcers off of like, for instance, Giants Live, you know, some of them like just rock the show and, and like, I feel the pump off of it. And mm. this is definitely Usam's thing for sure. If he's not on the platform as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. He'll be, I'm sure he lifts too. So it helps him like understand if you get someone in there who doesn't lift i mean sometimes they, they can do they're good on the mic regardless like gino or whatever but um it helps also to know because you know with someone is adrenaline's going they're gonna hit some big shit mm -hmm. that yeah. you know when you hype them up that's what they need although it is fucking probably nerve-wracking as shit when you get out there um <laughs> how did you get i didn't see it live i had to uh watch like the highlights afterwards how did you get cut across the head first off those made for the most badass pictures and videos I've ever seen. Holy fuck, dude. You look like a WWE guy. It was, it was the wildest, those pictures and videos, but how did that happen? How did what my head, how, how did you get cut? Yeah. Oh, I just smashed it against the bar until it started bleeding. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. See, I didn't see that part. No shit, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've done that since I was like 17 years old. Uh, it just helps me, you know, get in the zone and it's, you know, pretty, pretty thin skin up here. So it, it'll bleed, you know, pretty easily. Um, but I, that was definitely, I mean, I, I had a concussion the next day. Holy fuck. Really? Yeah. yeah that was the hardest I ever hit my head on the bar. I, I was really aggravated. 
about my second attempt. Um, I really wanted to squat more than 1,015, but again, I had to play it safe. And so I was just pissed off. And uh, I, yeah, definitely hit me. I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't at the gym the next day help, helping my wife out doing something. Yeah. And there's somebody deadlifting and it was just hurt in my head, like just the loud noise and, and the brightness, the lights. Wow, dude. Yeah. But holy smokes. Well, I mean, um, I, you still performed afterwards. That's all, that's almost a little scary though, that you're concussed with like that kind of weight on bench press. I mean, you know, I didn't notice it though until the next day. And it, it, if it was a concussion, it was probably minor. Uh, mm. But I definitely like, I, I hit that bar as, as hard as I could with my head. Holy <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah. And, um, and when you, you're saying in your post, so you miss the second squat, retook it, hit it, um, and, and want to keep on path. Missed your third bench, and on deadlifts, you're like, look, I want to lock in this world record because that was the goal, really, is the world record. You locked it in on your third deads. Um, and that was – or sorry, second, right? Second yeah. dead, right? Sorry, sorry. And then you were gasped by your third. Um, mm -hmm. How did you feel afterwards when you hit your goal, though? Was it – like, I, I know, like um, – you were saying you were disappointed, but fuck, it is a world record that you've been chasing. Was it happy as well or any kind of satisfaction from it? Um, I mean, you can see after my second deadlift, I, I kind of just walked off. I, I really wasn't happy, man. Uh, I really thought at least I, I was honestly thinking 2530 to 2550, like mm -hmm. coming in. And, you know, then after you know, my second attempt squat got called for depth. So I decided to just play it safe and retake it. Uh, that knocks, you know, a good 20, 30, 40 pounds off my total. And then I missed my bench at lockout on my third. That knocks 20, 30 pounds off my total. And by that point, I was just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't too happy. But then, then it kind of hit me like, oh, shit, I do have an all-time world record now. But it just wasn't the total I wanted. But. You know, then then I was like, okay, I, I I can take this and still say I have an all-time world record, but like I got a lot of work to do because I'm I mean I want to I want to go well over twenty five hundred at three hundred eight and wraps. Honestly, twenty six hundred at three hundred eight and wraps. I think I could do at some point. So I, I want to ask you about the future first. I I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Um, Micah and Anna were on the podcast and we're talking about it. I didn't know about it until after the fact. Um, do you mind talking about what happened with the Garrett Fear situation? Because I was totally blind. I didn't know what happened. I, I was. Uh... Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, I was pretty upset. I was definitely, you know, a little childish going on social media about it. Well, what uh, was said for anyone who, does, who doesn't know? He was a commentator. And he said something or whatever, rather. So, like, I didn't, I didn't really hear the commentary until I got home that night, and then I was just trying to find videos, you know, meet footage for my, for Instagram or whatever, and um, I just what he was saying, kind of, I just felt like he was nitpicking what I was doing, and uh, like. He didn't really say anything about me breaking an all-time world record or like the previous record holder, Eric Willybridge or any of the sort. It was just all just kind of ridiculing me. And that that's what I, and he, I got to remember like, uh, you know, emotions were high. Uh, it was a very intense weekend. So like, uh, and then a lot of adrenaline on top of that. So, and when you get two hot-headed people, you know. And you were concussed. And you were already concussed as well. So and 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 people were drunk and people were drinking. So it's like something. Did you happen. drink that night after with a concussion too? Uh, well, I, I don't drink, but okay, gotcha. I, Garrett was definitely at least tipsy. I mean that that just ties into it. But um, that was the next day, actually. That was at the awards ceremony. Mm. Okay. But I mean, man, I've talked to Garrett, and it's it's kind of just water under the bridge, you know. Uh, just kind of between me and him type of thing. And uh, I think we got a lot of respect for each other now, you know, and I, and I did, I did apologize for saying 
some things on social media, you know, just low fruit type of shit. So uh, I think we're good now. Uh, mm. Anything else, you know, between me and him. But I yeah. mean, yeah, no need to drudge up. Micah said uh, you showed up with the blood and tossed, tossed Garrett. And I was like, holy shit. And then he had a good one-liner. Garrett, who's never, he, he's never uh, without a one-liner. He's like, got to say it, kid's strong. That was a good fucking throw. And he was like, he was like, hats off. Now he's got some power on him and I got to feel it. He was like, it is what it is. And he wasn't even mad about it. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. You guys squashed it. But um, I'm glad you guys were able to, you know, shit happens. If, if it's in the past, it is what it is. But uh, so looking towards the future. Um, now that you took this record and you want to go full send 308 in you, you have this, you want to go as far as you can in wraps and also go hop into sleeves and take Larry wheels world record. Do you have targets for the timeline and competitions that you'd like to hit these? Um, well, I'm competing at the ghost clash. Can you still hear me? Yep. I'm competing at the ghost clash in February. This is coming February. Okay. I believe like the 18th or the 19th. So that'll definitely, the sleeve record will definitely go down by then for sure. Um, and then after that, probably hop back in wraps and, and try to go over 2,500 again. At the next American pro, are you thinking? Um, I'm not entirely sure the, the dates on everything right now. Um, I'll have to, you know, kind of, usually after competition, I'll take a step back and kind of, you know, check my health, check to see, you know, how I'm feeling, you know, and kind of plan out, you know, the future. Um, I'll just have to see what's available. And yeah. I liked how the American pro was close to home. It was only like a four hour drive for me. So that was nice. Uh, I'd much rather drive four hours than get on a plane and fly to a totally different state, you know, that's really far away. So, or like even drive a lot longer than that. It could have been a lot worse. So that was really nice. So if it's at the same venue, then, you know, I, I definitely think about it for sure. But uh, as far as like what exact meet I'm doing, I'm not so sure. You know, I know, I know the, uh, well, first off, dude, a guy your size in a plane, like I, I'm a buck 90 and I complain about fucking elbow spacey shit, but it's all right. But I can imagine if you're a 300 pound man, holy smokes. Um, and anybody who's in the seat sees you every time you pass by a row of people on the plane, they'd be like, fuck me. Is that guy sitting beside me? You, it'd be, it'd be uncomfortable dog. So I can imagine, especially on your knees and stuff. Like you're such a large, how tall are you? I'm, um, uh, like five ten, five eleven. Holy shit, dude. You are a monster of a man, sir. But, um, yeah, so yeah, I could definitely it'd be it'd be tough, man. It'd definitely a drive, but even a, a long drive, man. When you're a big fella, like like I, it, it roughs you up, especially when you got to physically perform. I know the yeah. um the American Pro. I think they're eyeballing uh, next October. So you have pretty. I know you like spaces in your competitions. You're like I think in one of your posts you said you're like 26 weeks out or something from the next one, February. Mm -hmm. So if you like spacing, that might work. If, if, as long as the location fits, and I think they might be the same location, you know, February, huge rest, you know, collect mm -hmm. yourself, get back in October. That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, definitely a possibility for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And dude, you're going to start collecting records then, huh? Eric Lillybridge, <laughs> uh, Larry Wheels, Zaire, like these are some big names, man. Yeah. Um, definitely want to extend that record by quite a bit so nobody can catch up to it for a while mm. so the fact that i only chipped it just i'm just not satisfied with that you know so i want to create a new league of my own at 308 and make it so hard for everybody else to get it um the thing the one thing i like about 308 is like it's like you're still really big but it's not like unlimited you know mm. Uh, you're still bound by a weight class. And a lot of these guys don't do water cuts either. Like, I don't know of any, like, I know Eric didn't do a water cut. Larry didn't do a water cut. Shane Holler doesn't do a water, water cut. You know, those are the top. I don't do water cuts. Those are top three weight guys. And mm. I think that's pretty cool. 
uh, you know, I would hate to, you know, for there to be some somebody who like does like a 40 pound, 30 pound water cut to 308 or something, you know, and, and does really well, but there has so do do you do you I do like that a lot? Do you have a um like goals beyond? So the the immediate goals are taking those records. Do you have immediate goals beyond that to like even move beyond 308? Or are you thinking, you know what? 170 or 275, 308, I'll bounce between those. Um, possibly, but you know, I, I probably wouldn't weigh much more than like 315. I don't know, that seems pretty miserable, yeah, at yeah. that point. Uh, but it would, you know, just to put up a super heavyweight total, yeah, maybe to try to take a crack at Dan Bell's total, that would be cool. But I definitely wouldn't try to get up to like 400 or 350. Uh, it wouldn't be over 320. And I, I feel like I could, I feel like I can beat it at 308. That's the thing. So, you know, I, I really feel like I could. How many records are you going to take, sir? You're going to, you're going to own the fucking record book. <laughs> but I mean, well, first off, A, you're 24. So this, who knows what you're going to end up doing in the next five years. Um, B, yeah, if you're doing all this to be 300 pounds, be, being 350, yeah, you'd be miserable. It'd be way too much. Unless it's just you naturally, as you age, get bigger and it's, it happens on its own, fine. But right. that'd be probably too much. Um, yeah. do, you do you have like a strategy? Like, do you have like a plan here where you're like, do you see yourself? How long do you see yourself doing this? And do you think like when you leave, do you see yourself just leaving the game period? Or do you think, you know what? I don't like how I left last time for that three-year period. If I leave, you're going to stay like either mentoring, training, coaching, you know, something like that. Or, or how do you see this? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question. I believe you asked that question last time. And I believe I said, you know, I wanted to get out of it by 30. And, you know, at, at that point, just like focus on, like other things, uh, like on my health and, well, maybe not like super, super healthy, but like definitely like not all the heavy, heavy lifting. Maybe get some into like some more like martial arts stuff, like uh, yeah, yeah. jujitsu when I was younger. And, you know, I play rugby and, and did all these, you know, cool athletic things. I really, you know, I really miss stuff like that. Uh, but um, you know, I definitely don't want to be doing this like till I'm 40 or something. Uh, but I think, I mean, I can accomplish everything I want to in these next, you know, five, six years. Um, but of course, you know, it, it all, all depends on how I feel at that time. You know, everybody changes so much over the years. Um, as far as being involved in it, um, yeah, I'll definitely be involved to some extent, you know. I don't know how, how involved you can really be. Uh, or, oh, it's can okay, you hear me? You're back. Yep, you're back. Yeah. You're back. Might do some seminars here and there type of thing. Maybe some coaching, maybe even open up my own gym type of thing. But, mm. you know, not much more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – um, you're first off, you're right. When you're 24, it's hard to tell how you'll feel – at like 28, 26, like when you're on the other end of things. And then if you, if you want to be in the game at all, if you want a foot in the game, if you, if by the time, like you've already broken world, like all time world records in five years, who knows what you'll end up accomplishing. If you were to be like, maybe I want to do some seminars. Maybe I want to do some public speaking, talk about my story. Maybe I want to, you could, who you know, the doors open up the more accomplishments you do, the more doors will open up and they'll, they'll stay open. Right. And you could just mm -hmm. stay in there or you might be flip a switch and be like, I'm taking this weight off and I'm going into like, you know, whether it's jujitsu or whatever the shit, man, because they would take you, you start doing like jujitsu, grappling, MMA, whatever the shit it is. Um, they'll take you because you'll be, you know, they'll love it. They'll be like, Oh my God, we got a monster and he wants to do this. <laughs> like he'll, uh, so yeah, but you don't know until you get there because feelings change and goals change and you got to yeah. pivot. At one point I even thought about pro wrestling. That's how honestly dude, kind of, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, dude, you I feel like I could definitely like just show up and 
and, and you know, be 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 an awesome presence there or something. But I, you know, I don't know. That's there, just there's a lot to it. Look at a guy your age, sky's the limit. Um, <laughs> you know, so you have nothing but time. And uh, yeah, who knows? You, you never. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would. Everything is on the table, dude. Everything's on the table. There's a uh, Rob Hall. He was a power lifter. I, I don't know if he uh, and he went into pro wrestling. I have no idea how he's doing with it. I see him posting here and there. I'm still following him, and he's doing his damn thing. Um, yeah, fuck. Who knows, man? You you got time to look into it though. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it seems, something yeah, you'll figure something out, my friend. Um, if you. Uh, so I appreciate your time, you coming on. I want to ask you though, if you had an opportunity to talk to the 2018 Andrew that came on the podcast the first time, and he doesn't fucking know. He he he. You know everything we were talking about and what he thought the future was going to be and what the path was going to be, but he had no idea. What would you tell that young man? And. Uh he doesn't know who I am. I'm just like an anonymous voice. That's a good fucking question, Andrew. Shit. That changes a lot. Doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, what do you, how do you like... want to do? How do you, <laughs> would you want to approach it? Cause that's interesting. I don't know. I, I would just hope that that 2018 Andrew listens to me. Cause I know that 2018 Andrew a lot. Uh, no, I would just tell him man to keep, keep his head up and like to figure it out and, you know, don't ever, give up on your dreams on your on your goals and that's really the only thing that's going to make you happy in this life so you know just keep pushing forward and do your thing and my friend the same advice probably can go for you right now i guarantee you in when you're 28 and we're doing this podcast oh you'll say the same thing but we'll be talking a lot more in between though we're not going to do a (laughs) four-year hiatus in between podcasts i don't think but uh, anyways, man, look, at, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I didn't want to say like. Thanks for all the shout outs. Yeah, I was going to say thanks for all the shout outs and everything and everything you've done for powerlifting. Kind of no. made it more mainstream for sure. Dude, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's weird how like how much we both changed since 2018. Like King of the Lifts has grown. Uh, look at everything you've done and we're back at it four years later. Who would have fucking thought how everything's grown and turned out? Um, and dude, I'm, I, I couldn't be prouder, man. You, I'm, I was glad to see when you came back and, uh, glad to see what you had accomplished at the American pro and, um, and taking Eric, Lou, I knew what the world record meant to you and, uh, it's onwards and upwards, my friend, it ain't over thank yet. You. We won't, we no, won't wait four years till next started. time, but thank you for coming on. <laughs> but before That's I let you, you know. before I let you go, um, is there anybody you want to thank or any shout outs you want to give while you're on here? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, first my wife. Uh, I had never had you know another person take up for me like her. Um, she's just believed in me, and you know, I think there was that one point in prep where like I was squatting and I had lost a bunch of body weight, and I had to go and I had to do squats, and some shit happened, and just I wasn't ready. And I I looked at her and I told her like I don't want to do this. I don't want this. And, you know, she looked at me and she was like, yes, you do. You know, you wouldn't put your body through all this shit if you, you know, if you didn't. And she kind of just got me out of my head. And she's done that over and over, uh, telling me to stay positive. Because, I mean, when I get in these little moods, you know, I can be so negative and it just drags me down. But now, you know, that, you know, I have her every day. Uh, You know, I'm just sky's the limit. Uh, Also, you know. Uh, the guys at the gym, uh, everybody, I had like a whole bunch of people from my gym all just drive up and watch me and oh, they made damn sure to like cheer louder than every, like everybody when I was going up. I thought that was pretty cool. I got amazing support, you know, where I am. Uh, I appreciate everybody. Um, yeah. And obviously Eric too. I appreciate Eric. Uh, for pushing it so far and giving me the motivation. Uh, appreciate you again. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> and everybody hey. else who's competition. Yeah. And, and do you have a, uh, any coaching services or anything that um, if people want to approach you for? Or? Um, right now I'm kind of, you know, a little booked up with that, but 
you know, I, I do advertise it every now and then if I want to like take on people right now, I'm a little filled up, but, okay. uh, you know, uh, if people, you know, people are free to reach out to me regarding if they want to like buy a program or whatever, they, they're free to DM me. Um, and I'll get up with them when I can. And, and what's but, your, what's your Instagram just for everyone who's listening, if they want to approach, uh, DOS powerhouse, D A S and then powerhouse spelled with an A, uh, that's on Instagram. That's all I have. I tried making you. a TikTok and I just wasn't into it. So I deleted it. But uh, yeah, so that's all I have. Instagram, occasionally YouTube, but you can reach out to me on Instagram or email me on my Instagram. So. All right, yes. my friend. Listen, I Thank appreciate you. you coming on, my man. I'll let you know when we drop this. And anybody listening, <laughs> um, I right. will tag him on the posts. So uh, if you want to reach out to him for coaching, whatever. And whoever, whoever's listening, subscribe. Give us high ratings. Until next time, six-pack lap it at, and we are out. See you, my All man. All right, man. Thank you.